Way too many first responders are struggling with their fitness, health, and body goals, but you're not alone in that fight. I'm Ted with Fit Responder and with 11 years experience in law enforcement, as well as being a fitness coach for over 15 years myself. I've created some free resources as well as one-to-one professional fitness coaching for first responders. So I want you to check us out, fitresponder.com, or look us up on Instagram at fit.responder. That's fit period responder. And let's see you there. Chat soon. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Now joining the podcast to make you and I want to be cops, I have... The one, the only, coming from an unknown, disclosed location somewhere in America. I have Augustus and I have Caesar, who both work for different agencies, and they are recruiters, and they're going to recruit us. Let's start with Augustus. How are you tonight, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, as always, it's a great day to be an American. Even worse Hell than to yeah. be a police officer. Hold on a second. You are you are just tickling my my balls right off the bat, man, making me all proud to be an American here. That is that is great. <laughs> so you guys don't know this, but these guys are going to be pining for my affection because at the end of this podcast, <clears throat> I'm going to decide which agency I would work for, either Augusta's agency or caesar's agency there was going to be a third fella but he hasn't shown up yet so we'll see what happens caesar how are you doing tonight man i'm doing great man i appreciate you having me on i like that no pro america but that's okay so far augustus uh, well, is I, I mean i i can't top that i can't top what, what was already said yes so uh you know i, I also love america <laughs> we hope so we hope so yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so my intent here for the listeners i despite my efforts to stop people from joining this cursed profession they still want to do it in fact i had a fella recently send me a message and say hey i want to be a cop what what do i need to do get to get hired which Used to be kind of a common question, I felt like, but now nobody wants to be cops. And I was like, well, we should answer that on the podcast. So I recruited these guys to uh, recruit you. So my intent is to uh, give the new guys some ideas what to look for, how to prepare to get into law enforcement these days. 
And then for people like me and uh, the cops that are still on the job to kind of have an idea of what what agencies are looking for these days and how that process is working. So you can be salty and angry about it potentially because I'm here for you also. Before we get going into the questions, the most important question is, are you boys having anything to drink? Caesar, are you drinking anything tonight? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I forgot my name was Caesar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> um, not, not, not current. Am I supposed to be? I, I didn't know that was an option. I thought I, I, you were I mean, a proud American. We should be drinking all the well, time, sir. Maybe even in patrol car. I, I, I'll tell you, Augustus is drinking. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I mean, that can easily be easily be remedied. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was an option. That is, this is my first time doing a podcast, so I, you know, I assumed I was supposed to you know, show up sober. But oh no, 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 I'm, no! I'm, Alcohol is encouraged here, sir. <laughs> if you had an alcoholic oh, well, beverage hell. in your hand, what would it be? Oh, it'd be bourbon, hundred percent. Good man, Augustus. What about you? Yeah, Augustus is drinking Crown Peach and Sprite because it's the only empirical way to consume alcohol. So, <laughs> do you just that's a, refer that's to yourself in, in a third person though? So that's you're losing points for that. That is mm. going to negate some points there on uh, my my list. Damn. I keep track there. Okay, damn. I I'm not sure where to start because there's a lot of places to go with this topic and i thought about ending with this but we're going to start with this question we'll start with you augustus how do you get as recruiters trying to get people to come to your agency how do you encourage people to apply in this day and age where there's not a lot of people that want to be cops anymore right so basically the first place you start out is your local county jail right anybody in booking <laughs> who's eligible for a bond those are the people you really want to talk to, you know, their charges are going to be dropped. No big deal. Um, no, but in, in all actuality, uh, typically just being proactive with, you know, your law enforcement community and, you know, showing face at, uh, events or whatnot, you know, where other cops are, I mean, even still hitting the streets, you know, running into other cops for other agencies, you know, that's probably the best way to market an agency to people who are already cops, but for, People without any experience, uh, I'd probably say social media is the leading way to do it. You know, just posting what your agency does, not necessarily the sunshine and rainbows aspect of kissing babies and shaking hands, but, you know, more along the lines of showing off cool police work. And there's a lot of local agencies that uh, are pretty good about doing that, you know, showing off car chases or high risk warrants or that kind of stuff. So I think in my experience, that's the best way to go. Now, we'll get to you, Caesar, if you remember your name, but let me let's talk about that social media aspect for a little bit. Do you does your agency try to uh I don't know what's the right word I want to use here? Do you guys try to entice the Gen Z folks with the bright lights and the dancing and the TikToks <clears throat> and things like that? Absolutely not. Um so it's a great question there, Cotton, but um, in our experience, uh, at least with my agency, we try and refrain from the whole, uh, you know, degradation of ourselves because we're still the police. Um, you know, to harp off of what my chief said, uh, we have to maintain the image of being able to do the job, uh, being professional, being, uh, you know, capable, but also, uh, I guess the image of strong, so to speak. Right. And I kind of agree with our chief when he says that. You know, the the TikTok and the 
self-aggrandization kind of uh, aspect of policing these days is detrimental to our image. Cause you know, I, I agree with that. I think that, you know, if you get on there and you're doing silly dances or whatever, people are less likely to take you serious. You know, when you're on the street, Oh, that's the guy who's doing the cool dances. That's the guy who's this or the other, you know, I think it's important that we still portray ourselves as, you know, those professionals with our uniform on. <clears throat> I think your chief should run for president, but that's a topic <laughs> for another day. Caesar, <clears throat> what's your pitch? Yeah. How how do you get people to want to be the police and want to apply to your agency? It depends on the person. So I start out with asking them about themselves. And so once I get a good idea of kind of what they're interested in and who they are as a person, sometimes I don't pitch them at all because if, if they're not the right kind of person, then I'm not going to waste my time or theirs trying to get them into a profession that they have no business being in. Um, but depending on the, who they are and what, what their interests are and the, 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 the kind of things that I think align with, uh, what they may be, what their values are and what they may be interested in, that, that's that's what would determine how I would try to sell the job to them. Some people are going to be, you know, gung-ho and want to, you know, go out and kick in doors and, and, you know, arrest bad guys. And other people want to get into the job because they want to, you know, make a difference and, and, and help people and all that. And some people are all of the above. And so I try to kind of kind of tailor my pitch to them based on who they – who I – can determine they are okay fair enough i want to get to know you guys a little bit more caesar why did you get into law enforcement tell the millions of listeners about that uh i'm sorry i forgot it was caesar again <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is this is gonna be rough it's gonna be rough all right so uh i i grew up the kid of a cop my uh my dad was a police officer my entire childhood and uh it was either that it was either that or an astronaut, and uh, astronaut didn't pan out. So, uh, yeah, so I I, uh, I I ended up doing this. Now I started exactly uh, where uh, Augustus says he gets his recruits from. I started working in the jail, and uh, did that for a good bit, and then and then got to where I'm at now. And uh, yeah, so that's the the biggest reason is just because I grew up around it. I knew about it. I, I knew what it was about, all of it, the good and the bad. And, uh, but, you know, I, uh, like I, I said about the, the recruits earlier, I, I got into it because I want to help people. I wanted to, you know, I want to be the guy that's there when somebody needs help. And so that's, that's, uh, that's ultimately what led me into doing what I do. Augustus, how come you got into law enforcement? Well, um, it's an easy answer there. Uh, I needed a job at the time. Uh, five years ago, <clears throat> you know, I was at Dragon Con in Atlanta, having a good time, drinking a lot of drinks. And a buddy of mine had a Gotham police uniform um, from Batman. And he said, hey, man, why don't you try this on? So I put it on and I figured, hey, this actually looks kind of cool. And uh, we got to talking and I decided to apply for my local sheriff's office at the time and uh, ended up getting the job. I didn't think I'd get the job, you know, uh, seeing how hard policing or getting into policing was from my perspective at the time, not knowing the, uh, actual reality of the situation. I'd for sure thought, you know, they're not going to pick me. And then, you know, three months later I was getting sworn in by the sheriff uh, as a deputy. 
And uh, yeah, that's how it started for me. Just uh, need employment. Wait, wait, hold on a second. You said dragon what? Yeah, it's just, uh, it's like a big Comic-Con thing in Atlanta. You know, where a bunch of nerds get together, typically about 100,000, you know, but yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Big drink fest. <laughs> no! <laughs> that's me that is uh that's amazing that is maybe one of the best answers i've gotten so far for that question and i ask everybody that question so i guess we'll start we'll, we'll, we'll stay with you a little bit how long have you been on the job for so this is uh my fifth year in I uh, started in 2018. Um, actually, you know, going a little away from an anonymity here uh, in Athens, home of the Bulldogs. That's where I started. Uh, so five years now is where I'm at. Okay. Has your view on law enforcement changed over the last five years? 100%. Uh, I, you know, starting out, um, you know, with a ride along, I was like, man, you know, the road is awesome. Everybody here seems like they've got it together. And then experiencing the road myself, you know, you kind of realize, man, this this profession really is made up of a lot of people who probably shouldn't be here. But then there's that core group of people who make you really want to stay, right? They're the ones who make it worth it. They're the ones you, you know, put your best on, you know, put the badge on and go to work for, you know, because they make their day-to-day experiences enjoyable. Uh, so I'd say it's definitely more jaded, you know, even being a recruiter, Um but I do have a better appreciation for it, um, understanding what kind of experiences our guys go through, you know, both on the job and off the job with uh, home relationships and all that good stuff. You know, I've got a divorce under my belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, you've made you know, it. Yeah, I, I made it, man. So You did it. Well, Caesar, <laughs> if that's your real name. Yes. It, what about you? How, really how many years in law enforcement? Over. Say what now? No, no, nothing. I said, yeah, that's 100% my real name. Uh, yes. 22, 20, 22 years I've been in. Damn. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to make any assumptions. Law enforcement. I've probably been in law enforcement as long as Augustus has been alive. <laughs> uh, so. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to make any uh, assumptions, yeah. but I assume you're – May perhaps your views on law enforcement have changed over the last 22 years? You know, surprisingly, it, so my views on the job itself, uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, it not it, just in the last like three years, really. Um, before that, it, 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 it pretty much stayed, stayed the same, but uh, you know, three years ago when people were you know, throwing things at you and screaming all sorts of terrible things. And they don't even, I mean, it, for nothing at all, for no reason whatsoever. It, uh, it, 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 uh, it was challenging then. Um, you mean the fiery yet peaceful protest? Yes. The a hundred percent peaceful protest that killed yeah. dozens and burned down billions of dollars in property. Yeah. That very peaceful. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't we didn't have the worst of that here. I mean, uh, it's it we we general. I mean, we we actually do have a very 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 supportive community around here. And like uh, 
I, I we were talking before the show, a bunch of people from out of town came and caused a bunch of problems. And uh, I think that 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 theme kind of holds in a lot of places that, you know, it, a, a lot of the problems caused in a lot of places weren't locals. It was uh, people that, for whatever reason, decided to get on a bus and take a ride and wreak havoc. So, uh, yeah, uh, but but it was challenging. And it did, it did, uh, it did cause me some, some challenges, uh, as far as my, uh, my outlook on, on this career, but it's, uh, it's, it was short lived. It's gotten better. I, I don't think I could do the job you guys do because I, and this is just me personally. And I say this as a guy that perhaps may get back in. But I, I would have some guilt encouraging someone to join the fucking madnesses, which is maybe the wrong way to look at it. But, I mean, I'll, I'll just ask this. I mean, Augustus, do you do you ever once in a while, do you feel guilty? Like, ooh, why am I encouraging people to do this? Well, or are you as, confident in your in your department to take care of people? As a legal human trafficker, I'd say, you know, <laughs> there's a there's a definite you know, amount of guilt associated with it. Um, just on the grounds of, you know, your up and coming recruits with no experience, you know, before they go to the Academy, you know, I spend a lot of time with them and they've got a lot of expectations that I already know in the back of my head are going to be crushed, you know, not necessarily by my department, but just by the environment in general. Um, I've got confidence in my department to take care of its people. Uh, I'm blessed to say that I work for an agency that, you know, has a good track record of that, but you know, my prior agency where I worked a little bit of recruiting, I definitely uh, had a degree of guilt <laughs> bringing them into a, a, a shit show, you know, so. What are your thoughts on that Caesar salad? <laughs> uh, I, I, so I, I look at it kind of the same as a military recruiter, right? So you're, 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 you're convincing somebody not, I, I don't even really go – I don't go as far as convincing people. I, I, I give information, and I give factual information. So I will tell people up front that this is this is very hard to do, It's it's and, and, and not just in the traditional sense. Like if you let it, it will, it will wreck your personal life. It will wreck your relationships. It will – you know the 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 repeated and 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 constant trauma that you witness and you are a part of if you don't learn to deal with all of those things in a positive and healthy manner at least most of the time it it will literally destroy your life on the other side of that you you get to be the person that's there like pulling somebody out of a car that's on fire or or helping somebody deliver a baby or getting somebody to go to rehab or, I mean, just all the, there, there's the good side of that and the bad side of it. And I try to give them both sides of that. Like it, it, there's no way to, to, to get somebody to really understand what the job is unless they do the job. There's, there's zero way to describe it and for people to get it hundred percent, but I do my best. I, I try to give people the full picture and if they still want to come and do this job, knowing all of that, that I, after I've tried to give them 
you know, both sides of, of the job and, and the bad and the good, then that's, that's, that's definitely somebody that I want to pursue to come work for us because that's somebody who's got a servant's heart and wants to come and, and, and do good for their fellow man. At some point I will ask questions that will benefit new people, but I don't care about you guys right now. I care about what <laughs> my needs are. Caesar have the, I don't want to say the quality cause that's not fair, but I'm going to ask anyway, have the quality of applicants changed over the last, we'll just say three years. Are you still getting good solid applicants on a regular basis or is it a little bit tougher to come by? Uh, well, it's, it, it's, it's hard for me to say, um, we, we've only act, had to actively start, had to start actively recruiting people as an agency in the last, uh, eight months we, before then we, we've never had a recruiting position. We've never had to do it. We always had people lined up out the door, you know, we had, we had a reserve of applicants to choose from and only, only in the last probably two years has that changed and then given that we're a government agency and we don't respond to anything quickly um it took us that long to actually figure out we need to start recruiting people and so we've only been recruiting actively for about eight months so i can't really say i, I can tell you the quality of the people that have been hired that i work with on a day-to-day -day basis um has i wouldn't say it's it's decreased but it's 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 different. Um, it's it's a different it's a different generation, but it's not even really a generation. There's a different, like the I think the last three years has had an impact on on not just law enforcement, but like everybody. I don't know. It's like we all went through some weird shared trauma, and so people have changed. Like the the the, the people that are that are coming to work for us and, and who apply for us are just, and I, and I, I can't even put my finger really on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a difference. I wouldn't say it's, it's a lower quality of, of applicant, but uh, there is a difference if you, that makes any sense. And I, it probably doesn't, but no, it makes sense. And, and I don't know if this is the podcast to do it, but you really hit on something and you're right. We all did kind of share this weird trauma. We all shared it, and I think in different ways, too. And I think you're right. I, I never thought about it in this context, but I think you're right. I think everyone has changed. I think the entire way we function as human beings has changed over the last couple of years. That's uh, that's deep, man. That's very deep and philosophical of you. How fucking dare you? This is a terribly poorly made podcast, <laughs> and now you're making my brain work. Fuck hey, you Mar for that. Marcus Aurelius would be proud. Who? <laughs> Philosopher Marcus Aurelius. He's uh, you know, a couple emperors after Caesar and I. So. Oh, okay. He sounds great. He sounds good. <laughs> sounds like a top notch guy. Can I <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Augustus, what's What's your thoughts on that? Have you do you feel like the applicants have changed? Uh, less quality people coming through, or no? So I think that poor applicants have always been applying for law enforcement since the dawn of time. 
Um, just in the last few years, though, agencies have started to accept them. You know, I'd say the amount of people that we want is decreasing, um, not necessarily an increase of, you know, poor quality applicants, just a matter of, you know, accepting them, so to speak, is a more common trend as opposed to, you know, just out of the blue, there's a bunch of bad people who want to become cops. I mean, I just think it's a matter of departments trying to meet hiring needs in unrealistic ways, you know, to the detriment of the departments. So I, I think my... you're, I think you're exactly right on that. And I, I think that's something a lot of people, uh, not, not just me, I heard it all over the place is, you know, if you want, you know, you think you have bad cops, now you're going to have bad cops because people are smart. Well, some people are smart. We're not <laughs> smart. Right. I mean, we're kind of smart, but <laughs> people are smart where they look at what policing is now and they can make more money doing something else, even though they have a passion for it, they're going to make the decision to do something else because it's ultimately going to be a higher quality of life for them. And you're right. The same people that were always applying, they're still there, but that's it. I mean, not it. I mean, and again, I, I know there might be some young people listening to the podcast that want to be cops or older people that want to be cops. I'm not shitting on everyone. I'm just generally shitting on everyone. Okay. <laughs> not not specifically you. Maybe you, but probably not you. I, I assume everyone that listens to my podcast is well informed and a genius. But I, I I think you're exactly right, is you need the bodies on the street and not to put you guys in an awkward position, even though you're anonymous, but have you guys seen that on your department where people that probably weren't going to get hired five years ago are now getting hired? Uh, I guess this will start with you. Um, I'd say yes, but in the token of, uh, you know, the decrease in standards, so to speak, um, you know, just for me, uh, I've seen our marijuana policy, you know, get changed because it used to be a, I want to say like a five-year thing, and now it's a no marijuana use within, you know, the last 12 months to application, right? Um, just on that aspect, yeah. I mean, there's people who would previously be disqualified, um, whether justified or not, you know, that's a debate for another time, but they're in a way becoming more eligible to become cops now, you know, even outside of my department than ever. Um, but prior to me becoming incumbent of this position, um, yeah, there's there's people I've seen be hired who definitely would have you know not made it um, six, seven, eight years ago, or even five years ago, like we're talking about. So that's a yeah with my department. What about you, Caesar? Are you seeing that too? Um, not necessarily in like a lowered standards for the quality of applicant per se, but we have where whereas. It's more of an age thing. So we, 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 a lot of the people that we hire are very young. And before, those people would have been encouraged to go and work in corrections or something for a year or two and then, and then come uh, try, to, try to work in, in, in patrol. But um, now that's, that's kind of skipped, and they'll just hire them right into patrol. Um, the other thing I've seen is – we we've had recently a in the in the last year we've had an issue filling school resource officer positions, and they've there's been times when they've hired somebody directly 
that maybe had a year experience somewhere else and they've hired them directly into a school resource officer position. Whereas, you know, every time they posted that position opening before, like if they were going to have somebody transfer inside the agency, then they would have had to, have, they had to have two years of, of patrol experience with our agency to even be considered for the position. So I, I, I don't necessarily know that they're getting less quality, less quality officers in those positions uh, because that remains to be seen because it hasn't really been happening long enough to know. Um, but they've definitely relaxed some of the standards that, that they previously had for, for various things. So, I mean, you would assume that that would result in a lower standard or a lower quality of officer, but I can't, it remains to be seen. I want to touch on something that, and this was on my list of questions I had here that Augustus brought up was the drug use. And I, I have a story. It's not my own story, but I knew a guy that is a currently a police officer. And the first time he applied, he and, and I'll, I'll preface this with saying like he's a fucking legit cop, very good cop. And the first time he applied, they asked him, hey, any drug use within the last five years? And well, when I was in the military, I went to a concert and they I don't know, they they fucking had a little acid or something at a concert four years ago. And it said no drug use before five. So he told the fucking truth, which I think is here's the thing. You can fucking lie on that shit. No one's going to... How are you going to fucking know? That's not going to come up. Right. Uh, unless your fucking friends snitch on you if you write them down as a reference. Um, but... I, I, so I always thought that was kind of silly. Like, you admit something you did and you're truthful about it and you get fucking kind of nicks for that, which I, I kind of understand the... Uh, you know, you don't want people using drugs, I suppose, is probably a thing. I get that. And maybe they maybe there's some kind of math equation they use where, oh, well, if he said he did it once and if he did it once, that means he did it five times or whatever. He's just saying it to say it kind of thing. I don't know. I, I just I know from that experience, I was like, well, that's kind of fucking silly. He's he told the truth about that. So that that was kind of my my uh -huh. two cents on that. It's like, what's more important to you? Is it, is it more important to have somebody that didn't use drugs within the last four years? Or more important, have somebody who's got integrity and tells the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, I, look, if he fucking snorted coke off a hooker's ass before he filled out the application, all right, that's a problem. Okay, that's a requirement for our. I mean, you can't even be considered for our agency without having yeah, done that first. I'm doing that. And now. Caesar has taken the lead. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, damn it, let's talk about that. Caesar a little bit has that changed within your department and just and I know you guys can't uh, answer okay, for the millions the yeah that part uh the I know you guys can't answer for the millions and trillions and billions of uh, police departments out there but we'll just ask to get kind of out there has your department laxed prior drug use for applicants uh our policy hasn't changed on it um so what what they have relaxed is grooming standards, uh, tattoo allowance, you know, facial hair, all the other things that you can possibly relax. They've they've done that, but our policy on on drug use hasn't changed. 
hold on a second. I don't know if this was like a, a slip of the tongue, but tattoo allowance. Like, do they count them? Like, all right, you can have five, but no more. No, no, like, no, no, like being allowed to display oh, tattoos. So our, our okay, policy, okay. English yeah, is hard. So I apologize. That's <laughs> fine. So our policy used to be that uh, no visible tattoos, right? And so we had guys that had sleeves and whatnot that year round, and 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 we're in the southeast, right? It's 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 hot and humid in the summertime. But year round, these guys had to wear long sleeves because they weren't allowed to display any tattoos. And so uh, that's changed, and 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 now we allow you know facial hair and uh, and all that. So uh, I think a lot of departments have kind of followed suit with that uh, and 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 relax those kind of standards. So that those are things we have done. But as far as our drug drug use policy, no, that that has not changed at all. All right, we'll we'll get to the drug use with Augustus first in a second here, but I don't want to pick on you, Caesar, at all. But I know you've been in for twenty twenty two years, me. I love it. and you and you got the big boomer vibe going on here. What are your thoughts on uh, beards and tattoos? Are you anti, or do you even care? No, I have no issue with it whatsoever. Matter okay. of fact, I've got you disappointed I've got me. Like, I thought we were gonna have know. a big boomer argument. <laughs> Nah, nah. I, I got off work. At, I, I got off shift at four o'clock today, and I've I've got like three days of growth on my face. So, uh, and nobody bothers me about it. And 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 honestly, nobody in the community cares. Absolutely, no one gives a crap. No, I, yeah. I mean, when's the when's the last time you heard about you know you, you it, that they they call nine one one because you know their their boyfriend's beating the shit out of them. And and you show up and they're like, oh, I want another officer because you have five o'clock shadow. <laughs> yeah, according to I mean, according when to does that ever happen, ever? Yeah. Right? When is that ever? <laughs> they, they, they don't. They, you're you're. They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. I, I think you're, personally, you're there. To no, go ahead. Go ahead, Caesar. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, I was going to say I, I, I was just being superfluous. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I was just going to say I. I just think you need to look professional. I don't give a shit if you have a beard or tattoos. I, I now, agree with that. If, if you that. have a tattoo, that, but... if you have a really cringy tattoo, though, I think at some point, like, somebody's going to be like, hey, dude, like, you have a SpongeBob tattoo and you're a grown man. Like, maybe not. Um, <laughs> you know, because people make mistakes when they're young. I don't know. But when we relax the beard policy, then you had guys coming in and they look like ISIS. And it's like, dude. You look like yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, yeah. So ours, our uh, our policy is it's got to be well groomed, and it, it any tattoos that are shown can't be like you know universally offensive or you know I mean it, it's written in such a way as to it it's vague enough to give them the ability to you know veto whatever you know. But it, it honestly we've we it's been I don't know three or four years since we changed that. And it has not been an issue. The worst thing that we've had an issue with is neck beards. And, <laughs> and that's solved just by people on shift making fun of the people with neck beards, right? So enough to where they're like, okay, well, I don't want to have my ass handed to me every day in roll call by the people I work with. So I'm going to go shave my fucking neck beard. So your department doesn't issue right? fedoras. 
not not at this time. No, no, no. But uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, we we do. <laughs> Never mind. All right. So yeah, it, I mean, it, it it we have not had that issue. I'm not saying it isn't an issue in some places, but what matters to us, and when I say us, I mean me. What matters to me is uh, not necessarily is somebody universal. So you, you you made it you made you made the opinion or the uh, statement that uh, people should look professional. Well, I think they should be professional, right? I think they should act professional. I think they should have character. I think that they should should conduct themselves in a professional way. And yes, appearance is part of that, but appearance is a tiny part of that, right? Because like I said, say if you're tiny. calling for service, if it's if somebody, tiny, if somebody if, comes up, rolls dude, up to a call, listen, and they okay, look like listen, shit, you're not going to listen to them. You're not going to have the command presence. Eh, I, 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 it, define look like shit. Fat asses. I don't know. Look like a, me. I don't know. I've got a I've got a big problem with fat asses as a recruiter. <laughs> so I think um, <laughs> okay. it's it's so it's an it's an officer safety issue at least in the metro. So I've seen it you know firsthand. You'll have a fat officer pull up on scene, uh, you know, and you have a perp takeoff running, and that officer cannot apprehend that guy at all. And in fact, if that officer put in that full gear to try to, apprehend I'm going to tell guy, you right now. Fast. I'm going to tell you right now, dude. I I've I've I'm old, and if I pull up on – if somebody runs for me, unless they've, like, hurt a kid or, like, killed somebody, I'm I'm probably not going to chase them on foot because I'm I, I'm, I'm old, and I've been doing this well, a long time. Done. I have a back a surgery under my belt. I mean, I've, I've you know. Fuck. Well, that's why God prevent – that's you know? why God made patrol cars. <laughs> that's exactly right that's we exactly do have right. resources but, you know I, I get what you're saying i do get what you're saying but we're not talking about that we're talking about we're, we're talking about beards and we're talking about tattoos so well, actually right. we were talking about drugs Tell too <laughs> well that that too but we're, we're we're talking about appearance so if somebody appears to be on drugs and that's a problem but i mean we're, we're we're talking about beards and tattoos so i mean if you what about beards and tattoos make somebody look unprofessional in today's well, it, world in 2023? I, I'm just saying there could be, I, I couldn't paint a picture right now, but I'm just saying you could roll up and have like a, a there's people that'll grow beards that it's patchy. It looks like shit. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the 100%. department should have a say. Paid. And it uh, almost solves itself though. right? It does. But all the point I was trying to make is that you could pretend like I I agree like people just want their shit handled. But if you roll up to a call, and I think we can all say like if, you know if your belly's hanging out of your uniform, that's going to be a problem. We we can just pass that. We know that's a problem. But if you roll up to a call, sure. and you know you look like garbage, and, and that's in the eye of the beholder too. But we'll just say like like poorly you know, the beard looks like shit and stuff like that, or I don't think tattoos are a huge issue. And like they, unless they have like a swastika or something like that, something bad, uh, <laughs> right? people are going to, okay. people are going to look at that and they're going to be like, uh, what? I, I know when my agency first started allowing people to 
wear short sleeves with uh, tattoos. There was a, and, and it was kind of funny. They hired this chick and she had a tattoo on her neck and everybody was like, well, it's probably because of her or whatever. And I was like, why do you guys care? She's fucking hot. It's hot. Fucking leave it alone. You know, no one's going to think she's unprofessional because she has a fucking tat. Like, and it was a, like a well done. Well, it's like, they don't even, they don't even look at her in that light though. They don't even look at her in a professional light. They're, they're all they're thinking about is, well, you know what they're thinking about. I mean, I know that's what that I was thinking you. about. I can't speak for anybody else. Augustus, we'll, okay. we'll jump back to you. So you, you guys, your department has kind of lowered or laxed the, uh, the drug stuff, the drug policies. Well, Actually, uh, I'd kind of a hand in that myself, you know, just on the realization of how society's evolving, you know. So my department had a pretty extensive list of, you know, like a timetable and, you know, equations for certain stuff for drug use. And I just kind of painted it out to the to the chief and command staff, you know, when we we're doing our policy review that everybody's trying damn near everything under the sun in high school these days, you know. You got people who, uh, you know, they're in high school, you know, they try weed, you know, they might do a little bit of, uh, you know, pills or whatever, and then they go and join the military and, you know, they get out of the military and they're disqualified. <laughs> they're, dis they're disqualified under our policy at the time, um, based on, you know, this ludicrous time frame, right. Um, you know, another agency in point, for example, they had a 10 year ban. And if you did it within that 10 years, you have another 10 years before you can reapply. Who's going to wait 10 years? Who the fuck will wait 10 years to apply for a job? I mean, it's not, it's not 1980 anymore. You know, it's not the we, notebook. <laughs> right. So we've, uh, we've relaxed our drug policy for, uh, you know, like marijuana, you know, and we decrease the years for, you know, like one time use for, you know, like medication or stuff like that. Uh, but we kept everything for, you know, like meth, you know, the common sense stuff. So, um, yeah. What if it was I, prescription meth? Oh, like, uh, yeah, like uh, Adderall or something. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good point. But no, no, like, like actual prescription methamphetamine. You don't have that there. We just have uh, like prescription amphetamines, but no, no, methamphetamine is not a drug. I used to take coke. I see them. <laughs> I'm, I'm just fucking with you man i'm sorry um let's dive into some of some of the other things because i don't know what agencies are really looking for these days augustus are agencies looking for college grads is that something that is a priority that you've seen i'd say in metro atlanta no um but in other places i still see it uh, kind of towards, uh, you know, like Savannah or, you know, these other big cities we got around here. But Shout out Metro to Atlanta, Savannah Bananas. Yeah. <laughs> well, SPD, I think Dude, still those guys a... are fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're good time, I used man. to fucking hate that because I'm like, they're ruining baseball. Then I'm like, you know what? Kids like it. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it, it is fun. It's I'm way better than the pitch clock. clock way better than the pitch clock. Yeah. So. <laughs> but now we, um, we're on the... You know, just have a high school diploma and breathe a no mirror and show fog. I mean, that's it. So, <laughs> what about what about you guys, Caesar? Valid. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> um, are you guys looking for applicants with a college degree? Are there like preference points, or do they need it? 
Nah, uh, we have zero incentive for having a college degree. And, uh, you know, it used to, like, I used to be like, that's, you know, we should, we should have that and we, we need that. But looking at the quality of the uh, people, not, not, not the people, of the, the educational product produced by uh, universities these days. Oh, yeah. I, I almost I almost prefer somebody that's not right. I mean, they're 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 less indoctrinated into bullshit. You know, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer of real life experience, at least especially exactly. in police. Exactly, yeah, I agree. Trump's college for sure. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So you, I mean, you you have people that are coming out of out of out of colleges that that believe the exact opposite of what reality is, right? And if you put them into this job, within a very short amount of time of being in this job, they're going to be slapped in the face with reality. It's going to hit them like a train. And if you, if you, if you're, worldview is the opposite of that you're not going to be able to cope with it kind of and along this so, no go ahead no, buddy i didn't mean it. i didn't mean to cut you off you you have that no, southern no, draw you're, you're no, you, and you need nah, to take them big I'm deep sorry. breaths before you talk i get it i believe in you well, what were you going to say it, though man yeah i i know I, I mean that was I pretty much it. it i was going to be ruined it again yeah, I'm a no, fucking again. Yeah. I don't know what that word means. I'm a terrible podcast. Host. Actually, this is the worst. This is the worst podcast I've ever been on, and the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do blame sometimes. I I blame the Zoom connection because I I know there's probably a delay. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's totally not not that I'm the problem. Zoom's the problem. <laughs> kind of along the the same lines of the drug use. What about prior convictions of and, and well, I guess we'll start simple. I, I felt like when I first started applying, you know, I, I started applying for agencies probably like 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, traffic issues were a big deal then. Is that still a big deal, Augustus? Well, at least in my department. Um, no, it, it was prior to I got at the spot. But now that I'm at the spot, uh, we change the policy up to where you just have to have a valid license, you know, so don't get 18 points. So, I mean, if there's like an awesome pattern on there where you're just a DUI badass, you know, um, <laughs> obviously you're going to get to the front of the line. But no, we uh, we change it to be kind of more reasonable, um, especially for our out-of-state applicants, because I'd noticed that people from up north were getting like tickets in the mail. And it counted as a criminal citation. So wow. like, yeah, if you roll past a stop bar, you're going to get a red light ticket, you know, up in New Jersey or whatever. So, you know, we, uh, yeah, we changed it to be a little bit more easy compared to the, oh yeah, you can't have more than five tickets in five years or whatever. Um, we just look at it on a case by case level. So, you know, just going through the charges and making sure it's all reasonable stuff. And there's no like clear pattern that you drive like shit. So what about, misdemeanor like actual criminal <clears throat> charges is there stuff that you can have a, some priors on or is that start kind of getting you 
on the no-no list for you guys, I guess. So we actually have uh, some people who worked at our agency. They recently left um, who have first offender felony convictions. What? <laughs> yeah. So. I'm turning on! <laughs> right. So, um, you know, it's wow. it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's, we don't allow that anymore, but this person wiggled their way in, um, you know, and it's, it, granted, it wasn't like, you know, it was murder or anything or something crazy, but it was, uh, you know, they had a criminal damage to property charge and, you know, the excess dollar amount takes it up to a felony. Um, so they got convicted on that. It was a first offender, got expunged. But for us, also, on like when they were a kid, they like did something stupid type of deal. Yeah, when they when they were eighteen, they like broke a you know sign or something like that. And, uh, okay. And you said it was yeah. expunged. Yeah, it was it was an expungement. Um, he wasn't you know a active felon or anything, but okay. Um, we uh for misdemeanors as far as they go in our policy, um, each arrest would be reviewed on a case by case basis for the uh, discretion of command staff. But there's a zero tolerance for any type of sexual battery conviction or domestic violence or anything like that. So if you get convicted on any of those categories, you're just fucked. You're just shed of luck. So so as long as as long as you didn't rape anybody or beat your wife, then you're good. It gets reviewed. Um, you know, this is for misdemeanors. All <laughs> any felony convictions a no go. But you know, um, yeah, you're you're pretty much uh, you got to kind of a shoe in a little bit for. You know, let's hear this guy out if it's nothing crazy. So, I, I mean, I like I like the idea of let's hear this guy out because, you know, you could have you could be an 18 year old. So an adult and just do something fucking stupid. And then, you know, 10 years later, you're in your late 20s. You've had stable employment. You've lived <clears> a good life. You've made good decisions. But you have this, you know, stupid thing hanging over, over you. I, I, I would argue that making a dumb decision once when you're 18 probably isn't a pattern. So I, I like, you know, I don't like the lowering of standards, but I also like reasonableness. Like what, right? What is, I mean, what was it? What, what are we talking about here? Let's he, have a discussion about it instead of like a, just a blank no. Exactly. I mean, humans aren't, you know, infallible creatures, and Especially like you're like you're talking about with a uh, you know people having a a good life after their dumb experience, right? I mean, we see that time and time again with people who apply. You know, hey, back when I was 18, I got arrested for a bar fight, or I got caught pissing in an alleyway, or something like that. <laughs> you know, that that definitely shouldn't be something that you know works against somebody later on in their adulthood if they've definitely changed themselves. You know, I just honest and accountable people who are willing to you know hold themselves accountable for that action being like, yeah, I messed up and did my stuff and now I've got a productive life. Those are people who I'd want to be cops, you know, cause they're able to realize, Hey, I need to get my shit together. And then they prove that. So. Well, let's jump to you Caesar salad and we'll, we'll kind of start the same line of questioning. So as far as traffic salad to my name, cause yeah. it, it helps me to remember who I am. So thank I'm, you. I'm, I got you fam. So as yeah. kids would say, so <laughs> what about you guys, the traffic type stuff? Do you guys look at that pretty hard depending on what it is or no? I mean, if you got a valid license and you've, well, if you got a valid license, that, that's pretty much that, that, that handles that. I mean, we, we, they, yes, they get a, a MVR motor vehicle record. They get, they get that. And uh, it's, 
probably looked at at some point, maybe. But that is not at all going to be a determining factor on whether or not we hire you. I mean, if you've had, you know, five crashes in the last year, then maybe. But uh, as far as, you know, speeding tickets and whatnot, unless it's just outrageous, it's not going to affect anything. What about, so to jump to like the misdemeanor charges, are you guys kind of, I don't want to say, I don't like the word progressive, but it's the best word to use here. Are you kind of in that same boat as Augusta's agency where they'll, they, they'll look at things and make a determination or is there like a blanket note of misdemeanor charges within a time frame? Well, it depends on the misdemeanor, right? So, I mean, domestic, domestic assault's a misdemeanor and that, you know, if you're convicted of that, obviously you're disqualified because you can now not be in possession of a handgun. And, you know, that obviously disqualifies you. So it, it just depends on the, it depends on the offense and it depends on, I would say we're, we're probably along the lines of what he's talking about. It's a case by case. Our, our background investigators do a thorough job on, on, on everything, especially when it comes to stuff like that and, and determining, trying to determine as best we can character and, just, just like uh, Augustus said, if uh, people make mistakes, right? Police officers make mistakes, and I would rather, I would rather recruit somebody and hire somebody that has 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 pre-made those mistakes and has learned from them, rather than hiring them and then they make the mistakes and learn from them. You know what I'm saying? Because no, I hear you. If, if they if they made the mistakes prior to us hiring them and they've learned from those mistakes, then, you know, there, there's not some public relations nightmare that accompanies it. You know, they, 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 they made their mistake. They paid their penance. They did whatever they need to do. And now they're trying to do something that, that benefits other people. Right. Um, versus somebody that's, you know, fresh out of whatever college or high school or whatever, and, you know, hasn't even really lived an actual adult life yet. And we're putting them in a position of making life, life and death decisions in, in a split second. Uh, that, that, that's never had to, you know, experience any kind of diversity or, or recover from making a bad decision before. So, uh, yeah, we, we look at it on a case by case basis as well. Okay. You know, and, yeah, obviously there's there's something to be said for a pattern, but I I think, you know, when one of the things that I really appreciate about other human beings is when somebody actually admits, like, "Hey, I fucked up," because the moment the moment I hear somebody say they start to explain whatever happened to them and they start to blame other circumstances. And maybe this is unfair of me. I I start to like, all right, they're just, they're not going to take ownership or whatever it is. And I'm not saying right. there's never a circumstance where it's not your fault, but most situations, like basically everything that's ever gone south for me in my life, I've had a direct hand in that. And uh, I think the ownership part of it's good. And I think it's, uh, I don't know. I'm just going on a rant now. This has nothing to do with recruiting, but. <laughs> I guess my my no, two does. cents is well, 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 my two cents so is for anybody listening is that 
if if you go around thinking nothing's your fault, then you're wrong. Like, yeah, there may be some things that went wrong along the way that didn't help, but ultimately you you're in control of your own destiny. So if, if you do something dumb, just fucking own it. And, you know, like I know guys, guys I like as dudes that have fucked up and they don't take ownership of it. So if I if I was on your oral board and I asked you a question about something that happened and you gave me a, well, Susie did this and then that caused this to happen. Like, here's a perfect example. And I don't want to sell my kid out, but he struck out looking and he said, no, that was a ball. No, you struck out looking, dude. Don't let the umpire control the game. You control the game. You know what his fucking strike zone is. Swing at the damn fucking ball. I'm not angry about that at all, by the way. Uh, I've, I've confronted applicants, um, you know, who halfway managed to hide an arrest, you know, and then through throw a background, you uncover something, right? And uh, you go to confront them about it. And it's usually the same blame game. Nobody wants to hold themselves accountable as opposed to, yeah, that was me. You know, I figured I'd, uh, you know, get by with it. Or, yeah, it was me. I forgot to put it on there. It's always like, oh, well, you know, somebody used my name. Yeah, bullshit, buddy. Like, you got fingerprinted on this. You know, like, this is you. <laughs> so there, there's a big lack of, uh, at least for the people who end up getting disqualified, a big lack of accountability there, too. So, well, and, and, then- and on the other side of that, on the other side of that with my agency, that's, through the one, two, three, three sheriffs that I've been there for in 22 years, uh, it, it, it is flat out stated by all of the chain, all, all, all rungs in the chain of command that if you, if you lie about something, it doesn't matter how small it is. If you lie, you're done. Own your mistakes, own your problems, own it, and and accept responsibility for it. And if they can, they'll find a way to move forward with you. And I, I think that that is a perfect policy. I, I think that it, whether it's a written policy or not, it is, in fact, it's what we do. I've seen it over and over and over again with people who do stupendously stupid shit that they own that mistake, they realize what they did, and they realize how, why it was fucked up, and we su- we we su- we support moving beyond that, right? Like, but as soon as somebody lies about what happened, or they try to to embellish or to diminish their responsibility in it, then all bets are off and, and they, they're, they're gone. So I, I don't know. I, I, I it, it boils down to a character issue, right? So you, you've got to be responsible for yourself and your decisions and your actions. And that's essential to being a good, to being a good law enforcement officer and to being a good cop and to having the power that, that police officers have, you have to own your actions and your decisions, good or bad, you got to own them. And I think that what we do, as far as that goes, I, th- I think it, it reinforces that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the way that we look at that is, is the correct way to do it. I, 
And there is a trend among young people these days, not just young people, just people, to blame everything well, let's, on their Let's blame the kids. Else. Let's blame the kids. That's way easier. Let's just blame the nah, kids. No, it's not, it's not kids. It's, it's everybody. Everybody everybody wants to blame everybody else for their problems. And nine times out of ten or more than that, so, they're Obama. responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're way past Obama. I FTV, I right? I haven't recorded it yet, but I think the next <laughs> podcast I'm gonna do, I've already decided the title of the podcast is Thanks Obama, but we'll see if it fits in to the theme that I'm working <laughs> on. Um, I, I I to me that's dated. It needs to be about Biden, man. Nah, Let's go, Brandon. Is, you got to trust me. This one's this one's on this one's on old uh Brock old Barry there. Um, <laughs> well, we'll, we can, we'll we can we can have goes. a beer summit and talk about it. Yeah, we're gonna have a beer summit. Uh, God, you're gonna get me angry and, and started on it. That was the fucking beginning of everything. That was the beginning of everything. Was that fucking beer summit? It was. It was. You're right. Um, I, I just want to throw out there just for, and I think this is safe information to throw out. Most agencies have a very comprehensive background, or at least they should, and. When I went through, and this was a while ago, it was like 10 years ago now that I got hired. Holy shit, I'm old. Uh, they were very thorough. They came out. They talked to my neighbors. They talked to exes. They did all this shit, man. They talked to a ton of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works in a smaller agency. I, I would hope they're as thorough. But A, if you get through and you lied about something, you probably don't want to work, work there if they didn't uncover it. But B, like if you go into it thinking that you lied or, or you go into going into it thinking you can lie and get through something, you're probably not. They're going to find out. It's just better Eventually. to just get it out in the open and tell the truth. Because let's say you they did a good thorough background and they just missed this little thing. If they find it out later, they're going to fucking shit can you because you lied on your application. Just fucking tell but the truth. Applies- but that applies throughout, though. That doesn't just apply on the application part. That applies throughout your entire career. Mm-hmm. It does. If you I mean, lie, if you, you if die. Involved, if, right, right, right. And that's so. I, in addition to being a recruiter and nine other things I do, I'm also an FTO, and I, that's like the first first thing I nail into people's heads when I'm training them is tell the truth. If you're wrong, it's okay. Tell the truth. If you think that you've committed a crime, don't say anything. <laughs> get, get an attorney. But if it's not a crime, tell the truth. Even if you're wrong, tell the truth. Own it. Say what you did. Say why you did it. Even if you're wrong, I promise you, it's going to be better than if you lie or you admit facts or whatever. And I, it, it's 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 true from the application process all the way throughout whatever career somebody might have. And that's not just in law enforcement. That's in life. Just be an honest person. Period. Your spouse will thank you if you just fucking tell the truth. Everybody will thank you. Just fucking be honest. And it's hard hard sometimes to own dumb stuff. But I've found if you just come out and tell the truth people are okay. It's not a big deal. Unlike my kids who lied about the Fruit Loop Bowl. And I will figure it out who 
who's lying about the Fruit Loop Bowl. But that's that's a story for another day. I'm still an open investigation on the Fruit Loop Bowl. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to the podcast. Oh, hey there. It's me. I just want to let you guys know about something. On my link tree, I have links to all your favorite poorly made things. I'm going to have a link specifically to the coins and patches with Ghost Patch, my merch with Spring, and a couple other things. We're going to have Fit Responder on there. We're going to have Officer Privacy on there. And of course, we're going to have RTI Training. If you're going to go sign up for class through RTI Training, use the link in my link tree and it helps me out a little bit and they know that I sent you. Check out my link tree for all things poorly made. I'll be updating it as new things come up. Going forward, the link should be on the description of every podcast. And of course, uh, find it on my profile on Facebook and Instagram under Poorly Made Police Memes. Now, back to the podcast. I wanted to jump into something that's kind of near and dear to me. Because, and I'm just going to bitch about this for a second, and then I'll ask you guys a question. But, so my agency, or my old agency, rather, I started to hear whispers that they would purposely... The uh oh the the psych people would purposely get people out that were prior military. I don't know if that's true. I don't want to start rumors or anything like that. Well, I just did, but I don't know if it's true uh, that that was the thing. They didn't want military type members, and it really pissed me off because I worked with some people that were prior military that applied uh, just. Based on the job, I, I ended up working th- with these people quite a bit um, without giving too much away. But I worked with them, and I knew four or five people that worked for this company that applied with my agency, and they were great. Um, you know, here, I'll just – it was a security company. And, you know, security companies, every once in a while, you don't know what you're going to get right there. But there was four or five of them I know applied. Every single one of them was – fantastic i know uh, at least one of them has gone on and has had a very good police career at a different agency all of them mm-hmm. got fucking nixed in the the psych which i was like what the fuck and so it kind of gave credence to this rumor i heard now i i don't know man uh, maybe all of them fucking were doing weird shit on the side that you know we didn't know about so i i don't want to just say that was that but that's you know perception can be reality sometimes so that's that's my bitch on that. Augustus, is that something that agencies I, I feel like back in the day, agencies were really big on prior military and you got preference points. Are you seeing that a thing now? Like are agencies still looking towards vets, or is that not encouraged or does it matter? What are your thoughts or or what are your experiences on that? Well, my agency, um, you know, being in the South, we're pro military. Uh, I've actually established a partnership with the uh, our state's National Guard, you know, and I'm getting something together for the active army so that way they can have like a pipeline from soldier to cop, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I've, I've heard about that before, and it's actually a really good plot point for an episode of Blue Bloods, um, <laughs> you know, funny enough. But the, the psych exam, you know, I have access to these reports and everything, and some people do use them as confessionals. You know, um, I actually had a prior service guy who got disqualified for that because uh, he went to the psych exam thinking that HIPAA applied, that he's just talking with the doc. In reality, like the whole transcription comes to us. 
So, you know, this guy used it as like a crime confessional, you know, for some undetected stuff. But as far as perhaps like, he should have went to church. Yeah, I'm Catholic. You're allowed to go to the fucking priest for that. But never mind. Yeah, no, that's, that's time and place. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, I, I don't think there's a, uh, at least in, in the South for me and probably Caesar here, um, there's a trend against, you know, prior service. In fact, it probably has a preference. You know, when you sit down in the interview and say you did this in the military, you know, that's going to raise some eyebrows for a positive way and hopefully get your uh, foot in the door a little bit easier. So, Caesar salad, is that is that accurate? Uh, yes. So we, we count military service as law enforcement service. So somebody coming in with five years of military is going to get paid the same as somebody coming in as five with five years of certified law enforcement experience. Oh, wow. Um, it's yeah. 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 Uh, we, we recently lost a lot. Uh, I'm sorry. We, we, we recently lost a guy and he was, he was a Marine and, uh, came to us, uh, after his, his, uh, his Marine Corps service and, uh, was a freaking fantastic police officer. Fantastic. Uh, within, within, a, within a few years, he, he was promoted. And within, within a couple of years after that, he was, he was a detective in narcotics and, uh, just, just a fantastic cop. And the, and the, and the exact same, story plays out more often than not with the guys that we have that come in that are prior military because i mean when you when you think about it they, they've been there and done that right like they've been you know a lot of them not all of them but a lot of them have been under fire they've been in stressful situations where they had to make split second decisions that affect people's lives uh, they, they've dealt with the, the, the traumas they've dealt, they've dealt with the, the, the stresses on their family. They've dealt with all of that already, or they are dealing with it at, you know, currently. And it, it kind of translates over, uh, very well in, into law enforcement. And uh, we recognize that and we appreciate that and and God bless the members of our military uh, because like I said they've they've been there and done that and and we need that we need those people not just in law enforcement but as a nation we we fucking need those people amen and I don't want to take take away from anything you just said i i'm kind of a firm believer i i believe it's about the person right like i i'm not going to come in and say like oh every person that's been in the service is going to be a great cop no but i fucking hate yeah. when people do this bullshit where they're like oh it's not the same thing the militarization of police and blah 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 it's still a human being just because they were a soldier doesn't mean they're going to come here and slaughter people like it's fucking insane the jumps people make are they a good person do they make good decisions you know and it's the people screaming the loudest are the ones that are fucking pussies and that would never serve their country anyway so go fuck yourself yeah it's people that have no fucking idea what they're talking about that that 
come in and have these opinions and use words like militarization. When have you ever had the police respond to your house in an F-15? I don't think so. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I, I, I'm not I, anti that. Yeah. Let's be honest here. I, well, yeah, well, I mean, there are situations where that might be warranted, but but seriously, I mean, they, they say that the police have tanks. Do they know what a fucking tank is? Because we have a Bearcat, you know, for our SWAT team. It doesn't have a 120 millimeter fucking gun on top of it. it I mean, th- there's a fucking, there's a difference, right? There's a Can difference. I go on a rant? And the people that, well, let me go on a rant first. Okay, you first. The, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the people that say that shit, the only education that they're getting and the only talking points that they have are the ones they're fed by, by the anti-law enforcement media. Huffington That's Post. That's it. <laughs> oh yeah. Does that even <laughs> yes. exist anymore? Does the Huff- yes. uh, that went away, didn't it? <laughs> I hope I so. Like yeah. Got- oh, be- well, I mean, the equivalent. There's a million equivalents for the HuffPo, right? No. Yeah. So it, it, it that that's where they come from. They come. Th- those are the guys that are coming directly out of your local college or community college that took you know social sciences and all this other bullshit. And have no idea what the real world is. They've never been in a life-threatening situation in their lives. They've never had to to do what they have to do in order to survive somebody trying to kill them. They have no idea what they're even talking about. And so to, to even give those people an audience is ludicrous. And if you listen to somebody who has no life experience has no idea what what reality is, you're going to end up just like them. You're going to end up being the idiot talking about things you have no understanding of. And, you know, it, it's, it, I mean, it's a repeating theme, and it happens every day, all the time, 24-7, on, on any news channel people actually, if people actually tune into news channels anymore anyway. But, you know, it, it's it's that's fucking stupid and ludicrous. Move, bitch, get out of the way. That was ludicrous, right? Was that a good reference? I don't remember if that was his. It was. And, okay, and, and, I did and it. He's from the ATL, right? I was there, Gandalf, three thousand years ago. <laughs> 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 By the way, my my. One of my new favorite, well, not a new favorite band, but one of my my bands that I've been really into lately is from from a neck of the woods of one of our guests here, and that's Mastodon. And they're fucking awesome. Um, yeah. all right, I'm gonna go on my rant, and I know nobody that listens to this podcast needs to hear it, but I just feel like yelling into my microphone for a minute. <laughs> Let me get ready for this. Do you know what bear cats are used for? Rescuing people. Yep. Did you know that sometimes... Safely ingressing and egressing. Yes. It's literally to fucking rescue people. Look, you... you, here, I, here's an argument for you fucking HuffPo motherfuckers. We have all these problems with active shooters. Do you want to get out safely? 
Shut the fuck up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking to. No one's pulling you over in an MRAP or a fucking Bearcat. They're used to fucking rescue people. Shut the fuck up. They're not offensive. There's nothing offensive about them. I suddenly have a desire to pop my department's cherry and pull somebody over in the Bearcat. Do it! (laughs) Hey, we pulled somebody over in our bus. We've got a big bus. Done that. I used to have a patrol van and I love people <laughs> pulling people over because they thought the plumber was pulling people over. <laughs> it was awesome. All right. Wait, you have to elaborate on patrol van just briefly. God damn it. I'm gonna fucking get, I hope I don't dox myself, but it was so long ago. So here's the deal. I don't know if this is thing other places, but we had when I started a patrol van and what it was used for was it had equipment in it. So it had shields in it. It had all kinds of cool stuff in it. So if there was something going on, patrol had a resource. Somebody could go back to the station, grab the fucking van and they'd have some stuff to pull out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, every once in a while we were short cars. And when you're new, they'd be like, take the fucking van. And you're like, all right, I'll fucking take the van. I don't give a shit. I rolled up on so much fucking awesome shit in the van because it wasn't even though it was marked, fully marked, full fucking light bar, people didn't know the cop was Nobody expects a van. No one expects the van. The van was fucking amazing. Van's the it was Spanish Inquisition of the roadway. <laughs> yes, it was amazing. Um, See, I've, I've always been a proponent of patrol RVs for that very reason. Nobody expects it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, tell- I'm just kidding. Because here's the thing. But- unmarked... <laughs> Unmarks just look like patrol cars. Okay? They just... You know, who doesn't fucking yeah. slow down every time they see a Dodge Charger or a fucking Ford Explorer or a Crown Vic? Everybody slows down. Okay? Unmarked, that, that's why people we are going to assume... Yeah, well, that'll be the same thing soon. Let, let's help our new people <laughs> out because I've just been yelling at the sky a lot here. Let's help our young people out. We'll start with you, Augustus. And I feel like this is like the question everybody gets from like a young person. But in this day and age, what would you encourage someone to do to help them become a better applicant? Like, what should they be doing to be the best applicant they can be to get hired? Well, I'd probably start off by saying to practice interview skills. Um, We've had a lot of people get kicked out of the interview uh, because they just show up terribly dressed and they have terrible answers. They don't know how to sell themselves. So one of the things that people can do prior to even getting into the job is practice their social skills, you know, learn the gift of the gab and at least employ some degree of self-confidence to be able to sell yourself across that table, you know, to five, six, seven, however, you know, many are in your panel. Um, The second thing I'd probably say would be physical fitness and presentation because, uh, not only with selling yourself verbally, you have to sell yourself physically. So if I get a guy who comes in and he sits down for the interview, you know, well-dressed, well-groomed, and looks physically fit and capable, you know, that's going to speak volumes to the interview panel in conjunction with his really good answers. So being able to get your foot in the door, you know, by selling yourself is probably 60, you know, 60% of getting into the job. And the other 40% is absolutely drunk and stupid. There's no way to go through life. So. <laughs> exactly. So the other, uh, with the other 40% being, you know, quantifiable life experience or, 
you know, a clean background. So Caesar salad, what would be your advice to a young person to make themselves the best applicant they can be? Uh, everything Augusta said is, 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 is spot on. Uh, I would just add to that. Be a fucking good person, you know, um, be, be willing to do for others what you would want someone to jump in and do for you or for your, for the person that you love most in life. And again, we, we, we come back to this over and over as personal responsibility, you know, um, be, be responsible for yourself and your choices and your actions. And, and, uh, you know, he, 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 he pretty much said it spot on. I mean, it, it, all of, all of what he said is very, very important. He said, you know, 60% of that, well, the, the other 40% is, is what I'm talking about. And, uh, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for, for, for somebody who's, uh, in it for the right reason. You know, we've had a lot of people that come in and, and they look great on paper and they look great, you know, in person and they, they ace the interview and then they get out there and they're, they're, they're a, a, a shit storm, right? I mean, they, they, they go out and they talk to people like trash and they, they make bad decisions and, and all of these things. And, uh, you know, I, the other 40% of, of what he's talking about is to me character and not just looking the part, but be the part, be, be the person that, uh, that you would want responding to your emergency. And that's not really something somebody can change about their life. They, I mean, you know, if you're a 21-year-old guy applying for for to be a police officer, and you know you're 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 fit and you're a, you're you're a good talker, you're good in the interview, and you're not at heart a good person, and you're not at heart a servant, and you're not at heart willing to willing to to put all of that on the line for a stranger, then. I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, I, it's it's. I don't know how you tell somebody to be that, but that's what we want. Just don't be a dick. As somebody who <laughs> is that, yeah. Well, I mean, it's beyond that, though. I mean, you can be a great guy and still run away or stand outside of school while kids are getting killed, right? Yeah. You can be a. You know, everybody can like you, but when it boils down to that moment, you can either you can either be the guy that puts everything on the line or not personal courage right personal again personal responsibility it's just another way of putting it it's it's all the same but that's the thing that's i mean it's an un, it's it's not something you can even identify in an interview right and that's why military applicants are so so great right because if you can get a legitimate accounting of what they did during their military service and you know that they've been under fire and you know that they've, you know, put their ass on the line to try to, to try to save, you know, their, their brothers in combat or to try to save somebody else in combat, then, then, you know, you've got that, right. You know that. 
there, there's virtually no other segment of society unless they were there were already a police officer somewhere else and they've been there and done that. There's virtually no other segment of society where you can say for sure that this person's not a coward. Let me ask and something. So, oh, I'm sorry, man. The delay. I'm blaming the delay. On no, the you road. didn't cut me you. off. I was just. I was just. No, I was. I was being superfluous again. Again, so, I don't know what that good. word means. <laughs> um, I, this is probably a better question for Caesar Salad, and and I'll ask you too, Augustus. But you've been doing it for a long time. It, it just for historical matters. I I'm curious. Has the hiring process changed a lot over the last twenty two years? <laughs> uh yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, just speaking for my agency, it used to be like, oh, you're such and such as cousin. Well, you're hired. Ooh, and that is not the answer I expected. Well, I mean, my agency has gone from, I don't know, 150 employees 22 years ago to now we're over 600 people population of of this jurisdiction has done the same thing like it's 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 skyrocketed and so there's been a lot of growth in those 22 years and a lot of changes in those 22 years and and uh it's it it used to 100% be the good old boy system right like you you knew somebody and you you know you uh you had the right relatives or you had the connections and you got a job and it's not like that anymore it's you know there's there's a lot more that goes into it i mean certainly those things still exist but that instead of that being 80% of the consideration on hiring somebody it's 2% like you know if it becomes between you and somebody else that have the same qualifications and, and does, you know, exactly the same on everything. And you happen to know somebody, then you might get hired. But I don't like that. It used to be, that was, well, I, I mean, like that. you gotta have a tiebreaker somewhere. You know, I'm just being honest. Dick size. Just fucking you know, pull it, it out. Pull it out. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we, we used to do that too. And we got in trouble for it. Uh, but you know, um, we quit measuring dick size about 15 years ago. Um, but you know, now we, yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Anyway, it, 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 for us, yes, it's changed drastically over 22 years and it's, uh, but you know, I don't, you know, that story I'm just all, all I can speak to is our agency. You know, I, I don't I don't know the experience of everyone else. So um, that may, may not be the same across the board. I'm, I'm sure it is, though. I'm, I, and it may not be the exact same change. They might, it, you know, but I, I, I'm 100 percent sure that the the hiring process and, and the selection process and all of that has changed drastically over that amount of time. I would say across the board would be my guess just because so much has changed as a, as a society over that amount of time. Well, and, and I, 
I would assume just based on time frames, me and Augustus probably had a similar era of hiring. You know, when I got hired, I and and I'll we'll build on this and I'll ask a question about this later, but it was pretty common that if you wanted to be a cop, you're going to apply a lot of places. Even, you know, if you don't make your dream agency, the idea was work a couple of years, lateral over to your dream agency. It's a little easier to lateral. And I, I don't know if that's still true or not, but, you know, it, it was like the matrix, man. Nobody makes it the first time. So you applied everywhere you could, everywhere that was hiring and you would take the first job that was offered to you because you had to, because you didn't know if you were going to get that call from somebody else because the hiring was just, uh, you just didn't know, you know, I, I'm, I would consider myself a pretty decent human being, but you just, you know, I, I know one agency DQ'd me on on the interview. Say what now? The golden ticket certification. Once you get, once you, it doesn't matter where you get certified. Once you're certified, then it's a it's a lot easier to go where it you is. want to go. Yeah. Well, and, and I was gonna say, you know, I you don't know what's gonna happen in the interview process. Like there was an agency I really liked. I got DQ'd in their, you know, their computer application thing, like their computer questions. And I don't know if I clicked something wrong or something, but I immediately got DQ'd. I was like, what the fuck? So you just don't know. So it was like you took you took what could be handed to you. Was that the same experience that you had, Augustus? I'd like to say yes, um, but more so on the grounds of, you know, I, I applied for one spot, and it was the first place I applied to that I got the job with. But while I was waiting, I started applying for other places. So on the same understanding, you know, like, hey, they're probably not going to hire me. I need to get my name out there, that sort of thing. But, you know, as the chips fell, I think I just got really lucky by applying to a super shitty spot, you know, that was hurting so bad. I did zero research because <laughs> in, in hindsight, I definitely would have started somewhere else. But, you know, I lucked out by applying to one of the worst places I probably could have. <laughs> so, <laughs> What would you say to somebody, Augustus, that has applied a few places and gotten turned down? And we'll, we'll use now because my perception is right now it's it's pretty easy to get hired. Um, right. I, 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 that's probably not fair. I mean, like still, if they're hiring one or two people and there's less applications, it, it's still, you know, if you're the last applicant and it kind of sucks to be you, I, what would you tell somebody that's having a, a hard time getting hired? What advice would you give them? I'd say to not give up, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. Um, there's a lot of sheriff's offices that have staffing issues with their jails and those are great shoe ins for people trying to get into the, uh, in the profession. Right. So if they just apply for places like that, where they're, you know, places that like I started out at, um, with critical staffing issues or, you know, low morale, and they just bite the bullet, get certified, get a couple of years of cleaning experience under your belt, they can have an easy shoe in with other agencies, better agencies, you know. Um, so I'd say Dude, just biting that trying. bullet is hard though, because certainly, yeah. Right now, biting the bullet is potentially. I don't know. Is it worth being that miserable? You know, for for somebody who's facing a no at every turn, I mean, it depends on how bad they want it. You know, yeah. Um, if they went to where I started out at, and again, poor, you know, poor research skills on my part. Um, you know, I didn't ask people who worked at the agency how it was. 
didn't look online, didn't do anything. I was just like, oh, you know, so-and-so sheriff's office, let's, let's apply there. Um, if I had an applicant come in today saying that they suffered through two to three years of that agency, like I'd, I'd hire them in a heartbeat because they've, they've been through the fucking trenches. <laughs> so biting the bullet, um, you know, it's got its pros and cons. The cons being that you'd be miserable, but depending on how bad you want to be in this career, I'd say it might be worth it. I mean, that's just my two cents. What about you, Caesar Salad? What would be your uh, words of wisdom to people that are having a hard time getting hired at this day and age? Uh, well, uh, what he said also, I mean, certainly applies. Um, in in our state, you you can actually send yourself through the the academy, and so you can you can self fund your way through the police academy. Uh, you can. You can obtain a, a certification that's pending a, a department, right? So, I mean, obviously, you can't be a certified police officer without a department that's that's backing you. But um, all so, if if somebody were to do that, then all a department has to do is hire them and put them through whatever their abbreviated training period is for somebody who's already certified, right? Um, that's an option for people. Uh, the, 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 another thing that I would tell people to do is, uh, depending on the agency and, and the, you know, what they're able to manage, what I do for people in our agency is, or in my recruiting capacity, if they go through an interview and I've had this happen a couple of times, I had it happen with a seasoned officer that had like more experience than me that was trying to come and work for us, um, went through our interview process and, and just crashed it. Like it was, it was bad. And so I unofficially off the record, talked to the people that, that were on the interview panel and, and, and got feedback for that individual. And I was like, look, this is just me and you talking. Okay. This is what happened. And, you know, this is, you know, I encourage you to, to reapply and work on the, work on these things that occurred. And so if somebody has the ability to find out what it is that they did to bomb the interview or to, or, or for whatever reason they did, they, they didn't make the, make the cut, get feedback, get feedback and then, and then take that feedback to heart and, and change whatever the issue is and then come back fresh and do it again and improve uh just like anything in life right you 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 mess up you fix it and and you try not to mess up the next time and so that would be that would be the advice i the advice i would give somebody is to to try to uh narrow down what it is they they, they fucked up and unfuck it basically and you know uh, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you doing the word again? The surpripipus, Well, I was gonna say, and uh, that's it. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know. Okay. Good. Um, I'll post a meme every so often about you know the job being dead, blah blah blah, and how you know no one wants to be cops, and it's almost without fail somebody will put in the comments like. 
what the fuck? I've applied, you know, 35 times and I can't get hired. And there's a reason, right? And, you know, I feel bad, um, but I think it kind of comes back to self-awareness. I mean, don't be wrong. Like you, you legitimately, you could be decent and not get hired. You know, you could go through, you could be a fucking excellent cop and maybe you apply five places and you just don't make the cut. It's it it can be competitive some places and ultimately, yes, you know, maybe applications are down, but you know, if you're going for one spot and they get 14 applications and five of them are good and they have to pick between five people for one spot, you might you just might not make the cut. And you know, departments are looking for what they're looking for and they have to make the determination based on paper in an interview too. So you could you could be fucking fine and just had shit luck when these applications come through or there's things to work on. It's it's neat that neat's maybe the wrong word, but I wish agencies gave feedback to people or if there was a way, because I, I don't think that's really a thing anywhere else, Caesar Salad. It's hard to be like professional and serious when your name's Caesar Salad, but I just call me Salad. To, that's salad. Hard. Let's just go with that. Okay. There's how do you get better if you don't know what you're you're doing wrong or what you need to work on? Exactly. That's tough. That's that what, is that's, that's, that is super tough to figure to out. Yeah. Information for them. Exactly. I think uh, agency transparency is important. Yeah. What? Yeah. Agencies trans no, no. 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 I mean saying no, for they're uh, gonna for... send you a letter and say you weren't selected. Better luck next time. I, I give them a call. Any guys the best IGQ, you can do, I call them and I tell them why. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We had a full conversation. Yep. 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 I, I yep. wanted to just, ask. Just because they didn't make it the first time doesn't mean they're not going to be an excellent cop sometime in the future. Right? Yeah. I, I want agree. persistent people. And I've, well, I mean, there's there's a couple of people I've run into who, you know, are DQ'd for some serious shit. And I've told them, like, well, yeah. Hey, man, we're, you need to. We're, like... we're, talking about, we're talking about the guy who just sucks at interviewing or whatever. Yeah. No, I've, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen people like that. Um, even people who are already certified officers, you know, they just work at a smaller jurisdiction or something like that, or they're doing something else. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten on the horn with them and said, Hey, man, like, I know you're a hard worker, but, you know, just got to work on your interview skills. You know, this time next year, you're yep. going to have a job. So, yep. you know. But it's being transparent with them and, you know, calling your applicants. Uh, you know, I think for recruiters everywhere, they could probably benefit from being a little more transparent instead of the whole, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors of, oh, all the, the uh -huh. whole investigative process is a secret, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't think it really should be a secret because if you're a good investigator, with or without your applicant knowing, you know, you're going to find out all the hard truths anyway, you know? So that's my thought process on it. I like that. I like that a lot. And, uh, I, man, I kind of wish there was like the, uh, you guys have been pretty on par with very similar ideas and I like it. And I would, I would definitely based on talking to both you guys, I'd want to work alongside both you guys, <laughs> you know, and, and I wish, you know, we had that like person that was like, I hate to say it, but like the more woke agency to be like the, uh, that that balancing act, but of course they're not going to come on the podcast and talk about how shitty they are. So that's wishful thinking. But I, I wanted to ask, I, I'm just curious 
for recruiters out there. And we'll start with you, Mr. Salad. Where do you guys go out and do recruiting at? Do you guys go to like job fairs and stuff like that? Or is this mostly, you know, social media type stuff or whatever? So we, we have virtually no recruiting social media presence, which we're working on. And, you know, I, I, don't do TikTok, I please. That, no, we do. We don't. We, we, <laughs> our sheriff is 100% anti TikTok. But uh, <laughs> we, we, we have some of the other socials, and uh, but we have no recruiting presence on those socials. And, and we're working on that because, you know, it is, it is un, uh, a resource that we're not tapping. But uh, my personal most uh, effective recruiting is doing the job daily, right? Like I, I'll I'll be in a Seven Eleven getting coffee or whatever and strike up a conversation with the, you know the 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 twenty one twenty two year old dude that's working behind the counter, build a relationship and be like, you know, uh, you could you could have an actual career doing something you know, that's meaningful. That's not, you know, you're not, you, if you're going to deal with asshole customers, you might as well get paid more to do it and to do it in such a way that makes a difference in people's lives. And I'll, that's where my best recruiting happens is just people that I interact with on a day-to-day basis. Second to that is we, we do the whole, you know, law enforcement recruiting conventions and matter of fact the last one i was i was at was in atlanta and uh you know those those are those vary greatly uh depending on a lot of things but uh we've 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 had some success from those um but what i try to do is because like i said i'm our first recruiter we we just started doing it eight months ago and I, that's not my full-time job. I, I, I'm full-time on patrol with my agency, in addition to, like, five other things I do. But recruiting is, is a big focus of what I do, and I try to integrate that into the people I encounter on a day-to-day basis, not on calls, of course, but in in the, the 90% of your day that, that isn't on a call, you know? And so that's where I do it. And, and I try to, I try to get the other people that I work with, the people, the guys and girls I'm with on shift uh, invested in that and to, to, to have them refer people to me to do it as well. And that's been wildly successful for us. Um, we're fully staffed on patrol. We're fully staffed in our SRO division the only place that that we're understaffed right now is in our in our corrections and detention, and and we're working on that. So I mean, that's that's been my experience. You know, I, that's probably, and and I don't know that bigger agencies use that same type of a thing, but they should. If they got if they got their, their I mean they've got you know let's let's take like uh, just a let's say you're, you're with LAPD or something like that. And you've got thousands of guys on the street every day that are interacting with the public in in your jurisdiction. If you get even a 10th of those guys invested into helping your agency to recruit quality people into your agency, that's going to have a huge impact. And so 
getting getting your your patrol staff or whoever invested into trying to help your agency be better and to recruit their future backup on a call. And if you can get them invested in that, I think that's the best, that's the best recruiting recruiting you can do. I think you're going to have higher quality applicants. I think you're going to have, uh, it's going to increase the morale of your, of your patrol staff because they're, they're going to be invested in the agency and they're going to have a hand in, in helping to make the agency better. And so that's, that's what I try to focus on is doing that. Augustus, what about you, man? Where do you guys focus your recruiting efforts? Um, so like Caesar was talking about, uh, every officer being a recruiter is extremely beneficial to increasing your manpower, but um, you know, we've attended job fairs and more so we attend job fairs to just have an agency presence because if they're not specifically oriented towards law enforcement, you're going to have some really off the wall shit, um, especially when you go to colleges. So, you know, we've, we've attended uh, job fairs at some of these colleges, man, and you have these kids in there, you know, they come out with their, uh, yeah, I graduate this year. I was wondering if I could just come on straight in in the SVU or something like that. Like they have this wild fucking perception as to how getting into law enforcement works, you know, not realizing that for the next two to three years, if they get in the job, they're going to be handling accidents and domestics and all that stuff. You know, they think it's a, well, I've got a degree, so let me just plug myself into where I think I'm good, you know? So, you know, they're, they're often not the most ideal candidates, but um, personally I've had most success with attracting um, applicants by proactively engaging people on a personal level. Right. So, you know, just meeting people in the community like Caesar was talking about or, you know, meeting people in law enforcement who are, you know, in positions, you know, with their agencies already, but they're looking for a change. So like attending training, going to, you know, just even going out one day out of the week and working a shift and then arresting somebody and going to the jail and running into, you know, five, six officers at a time, you know, you, you get to open up dialogue and talk about what your agency has to offer, you know, so just, Having a, I'm a full-time recruiter. You know, I do full-time recruiting, full-time background, and full-time uh, recruit training coordination. So those are my three areas. So I'm in the office most of the time, but I still make the point to get out and still be a cop, um, you know, at least once a week. So, and in doing that, you know, I'm rubbing shoulders with, you know, our county police officers, other cities, you know, the sheriff's deputies, um, you know, state patrolmen, that sort of thing. So just being able to put a person behind the words and, you know, have a convincing conversation face-to-face is probably a much better way of doing it. But, you know, having an effective social media presence and putting out, you know, modern images, modern graphics, um, engaging content, that's also helped us out a lot too, especially we're getting uh, pre-service applicants and uh, even some certified officers, you know, because when you guys were, you know, Caesars are still on the road, you know, and when you were working in Colorado, whatever, um, you know, what you're sharing with one another isn't, um, you know, you're not sharing like, oh, here's a funny video from this department. You're sharing like chases, you're sharing foot pursuits, you're sharing, uh, you know, equipment, cool stuff that appeals to people who are already in the business. So just playing both sides of that coin. That's I think, not what my important. agency did. Um, well, I'm saying agency, uh, I'm, like a lot of officers. Let me, let me go on a rant here. Okay. This is <laughs> where I was going here. Is my agency 
would post like stupid fucking identity politics stuff and they would recruit heavily and like look i <laughs> i know plenty of gays okay we're gonna I talk about this gays. on the next I podcast. I know them people. No, hear, hear me out. Like I'm a I friend of, of the gays. I'm a friend of the gays. I knew plenty of gay, gay cops, and they were fucking fantastic cops. One of the yeah, best cops I ever met was fucking sure. gay as shit. Great cop. Yeah. Okay. But you know, they would go to job fairs and specifically recruit like identity type stuff. And like that was a big part of recruiting was identity type stuff. And I'm like, do we not want like the best people? Like, I don't care who you fuck in the ass. Are you a good cop or not? <laughs> you know, and that type of shit would kind of rub me the wrong way. Like there was a day and this didn't necessarily have to do with recruiting, but they they would recruit heavily with like the pride stuff. There was a day where he had below minimum staffing, but they were calling people in to go to the, the pride parade and they were paying people, people that I'm like. Can I have cover today? I would yeah. much prefer cover than everybody goes and marches, you know? And so that's yeah. my old rant on that. But I'm curious if, if agencies do, and I, I know agencies do that shit. So that's maybe not a good question, but I, I know there's this big movement to have diversified police departments, which is fine. I, I just say hire the most qualified applicant. Like if they're gay, black, straight, white, whatever, Whoever's not going to fucking violate people's rights and do a good job is good by me. I don't care exactly. what, whatever. But I was curious if that is a thing you've seen trending, not to put you guys on the spot, but are agencies trying to hire specific groups of people rather than just the best person? So uh, just to chime in on that, working in the South, um, it's not really a big thing on our end, so to speak. I mean, I'm sure the same can be said for Caesar here, um, but I will say that there's a there's a big federal push for diversified hiring. You know, we're uh, we're seeing a lot of grants come down the pipeline. You know, that require, you know, statistics for you know this category and that category and that sort of thing. Which, you know, it's up to the agency if they want that federal money to follow those practices. But, you know, I had a grant come across my desk a couple of months ago saying that you know I can get this money for the department if we follow these hiring practices and focus on, you know this ethnic trend or, you know, this, uh, sexual orientation trend or something like that. And I threw that shit in the trash, you know, because it doesn't really, <laughs> I, I shouldn't dictate who we're looking for and who we get. So, you know, that shit got folded up and put in the trash. Um, <laughs> you know, if chief finds out, you know, that I did that. I mean, I'm sure he'd be like cool too, but you know, it's, it's definitely something that's coming down from the top as well. Um, especially if you're working in an administrative position. But as far as our department's MO, I'd say, you know, not mine at all. So what's your what's your thoughts on that Caesar salad? So if it's wrong to go out and enforce the law based on somebody's race, sexual orientation, ethnicity, all of those things, it's equally wrong to base your hiring practices on those things as well. Um and it shouldn't be done. Um, we we it it's great when you can find a best qualified applicant that is also a a female or a a minority or the holy grail is both. But I, I have no pressure to 
try to recruit specific genders or specific uh, minorities or, or ethnicities or sexual orientations or any of that. I don't, I don't have any of the, any pressure to do that whatsoever. Our agency hires the best qualified person, period, that we have at the time. Um, so uh, I would say uh, not to get into and maybe you want to get into to politics of things. I don't know. Be as spicy as you want to be, but I'm you, here for you, it. you can't you you can't have it both ways, right? Either either it's okay to treat people based upon whatever checkboxes they feel, and that would be when they're on the receiving end of law enforcement versus the giving, you know, the 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 dispensing of law enforcement. Or it's not. And and I mean, it isn't. It's, just, it's not right to do it on either side and we shouldn't do it. And it's. A, it's fucking backwards that you can get a grant to discriminate against people. It's a it's I mean, that's, fucking that's what that, that's what that results. I mean, that that's what that is. That's 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 the federal government wanting to give you money so that you discriminate against discriminate against people that are the most qualified for a job. That's fucked up. There was this guy, you guys might have heard of him. Uh, he said this thing about, you know, the content of character. But I, uh, apparently I've that's not cool like now. Yeah, I, I heard that was a thing. It's apparently not a thing anymore. All right, here's what we're going to do. I have taken a lot of you guys' time, and I appreciate that. Do you guys have a few more minutes to uh, go over a few, we'll call them dumb things. It'll help me determine what agency I'd rather work for. Hey, you're going to have they're... to define what dumb things are. No, you'll be fine. I believe in you. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the listeners of the podcast know that I have some typical ending questions. I'm not going to ask all of them. I'm going to ask a few of them, and I'm going to modify a few of them. But let's start with you, glorious czar Caesar salad. Would you do it again? Would you be a cop all over again, or would you have gone a different path? knowing what you know now if i started off as a cop knowing what i know now i probably wouldn't have had that divorce <laughs> and i probably would have dealt with a lot of things a lot better throughout my career but yeah i 100 percent would have done it again i would do it yeah okay augustus what about you you know i was feeling pretty low lately but i saw the movie heat and now i just want to be a cop forever um <laughs> but no, absolutely. I would do it again. Um, just working the road and getting out there and locking up bad people and taking some real pieces of shit off the street. I think making a positive impact on victims' lives has forever, you know, glued me to this career. So I wouldn't be, a, you know, doing anything else. That's the bottom line. So, what is uh, Augustus? What's the proudest moment of your career? Probably locking up a uh, child rapist within two hours of him committing the crime. So locating this guy a couple miles away in the middle of the night, uh, you know, with two other really good officers that I work with, uh, that probably is one of the proudest uh, cases or moments in my career. Absolutely. Do you know what I think should happen to pedos? <laughs> yep. That's a story for another day. What about <laughs> you, Caesar Salad? What's the proudest moment of your career? It's a tough question. Um, Few years ago, there was uh, a couple of guys that escaped 
from a prison bus down in Georgia. And they killed uh, they killed two officers down there, and uh, we ended up locating them here. And in their pursuit, uh, it was I don't know 130 miles an hour on the interstate. And they were shooting at us with the guns that they took off of the officers that they killed. And uh, we ended up apprehending those. And I just finished court this past uh, this past year in Georgia uh, for the, the last one's uh, capital murder trial. That, that's probably it. I don't know. I don't know that you can beat that. I I hope the good state of Georgia still believes in capital punishment. We did. He didn't. He, they 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 convicted him of uh of the of the murders, and he was given the death penalty. And uh, I, yeah, I think that's correct. He was he was given the death penalty, and then but two months after the trial was over, he killed himself in prison. So, yeah, happy ending. Oh no! Anyway. Hooray. <laughs> um. I don't know. I just like this question, so we're going to ask this one. Augustus, do you have a favorite dead guy story? Yes. Yes, I do. And this will Let's always be it. my favorite. All right. So it's on the uh, crime suppression team. We were working this uh, dope hotel or whatever. We find this guy who's uh, wanted. So, you know, I'm, I'm a cool guy. I'm, let him smoke a cigarette or whatever. And next thing I know, he yeets himself off of this like cliff. You know, it was like this. 50 foot drop or whatever he hits the ground he's a-okay we don't see that where you know where he runs because it's kind of wooded so we we end up in a pretty drawn out foot chase with this guy and we're tracking him we got a dog it's me you know two other officers and uh we jumped this fence and the guy in the front goes oh he's uh he's 48 which is our radio code for dead right and i'm sitting here thinking what the fuck you know this is a foot chase like how did he die and he's like, no, 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 look. And there's a human torso with its arms and legs separated and a head like cut off, like halfway in a trash bag. <laughs> so in this foot pursuit, we ended up uncovering this uh, dead guy in the middle of the woods. And uh, yeah, that's probably my best. Wait, wait, <laughs> it was a different dead guy. Yes, it was a different dead guy. Completely. <laughs> Just... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's completely unrelated. And, you know, we... Uh, <laughs> we had our airship over us and we said, you know, mark our position because we're going to keep tracking this guy, you know, completely unrelated. This guy has nothing to do with this. And I'm sure it scared the <laughs> shit out of him when he jumped over that fence and saw that as well. Uh, but yeah, I was, you know, mind you, we just got done running like half a mile or a mile to the woods and I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm not winded, but I'm, you know, my breath's, you know, up and down. So I get on the radio, I'm like, radio, you know, there's a dead guy in the woods. Mark this position, go ahead and probably call like CID or whoever. We're gonna keep running after this guy. So that was my uh that was my 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 best awesome. find a dead body, you know, just completely at random on a foot chase story. So that's mine. Did you find did you find the guy that ran? Uh so the officers that ended up backing me up out there, um, you know, they they were too hesitant to go in this bush and get this guy. So they were like, let's just hold the bush and you know, get more officers out here. So I ended up losing my perp and he uh wrecked out a couple months later in a pursuit in town and uh got apprehended that way so okay yeah i i don't know if you can give it away but like i obviously the the guy that's in several pieces was probably a homicide was that solved so funny enough 
we all thought it was a homicide. And when our uh, homicide investigators got out there, they, you know, went through the dog and pony show of the investigation. And it turns out it was a dude who went to the woods and died out there and the dogs got to him. So they pulled him apart and it looked like he got chopped up, but it was actually dogs. So they found like, you know, dog bites in his bones or whatever. And he still had a little bit of flesh left, but, you know, right out the gate, everybody thought it was a homicide for sure. But no, uh, no at-large suspect we have to worry about. All right. <laughs> Fucking wild dingoes out there. Yeah, man. <laughs> Caesar salad. <laughs> Sir Caesar salad. You got a favorite dead guy story? Uh, favorite. Not, not a favorite. I mean, I have lots. Um, I'll, 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 I'll give you two, two, two brief ones. And one of them, one of them wasn't dead, but he should have been. Uh, so I had, a, I, I responded to a suicide. This, this, uh, this dude went on his front porch and, uh, and blew his head off with it. It was like a three fifty seven or something. And, uh, on his front porch and, and in his front yard, like, I don't know, six, eight feet away from, from the body was just a perfect, like, TV prop quality, perfectly intact brain. Like, what? it wasn't even, I, I, I don't even know how he accomplished it, but yeah, yeah. no, it, 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 like he completely destroyed his head and for all intents and purposes is just perfectly both lobes, just, just perfectly laying in the yard uh, was this dude's brain yeah that's amazing yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty surprising uh i I, maybe the bullet went through it i don't know yeah yeah maybe the bullet went through it i don't know but it didn't appear to have It, it was just perfectly just perfectly formed brain just sitting in the yard uh and another guy that should have been dead that wasn't this is i'll always remember this this dude decided to jump off of an overpass onto the interstate to kill himself, right? And one would so he say he off, yeeted yeah. himself. He did yeet. He he yes. Yeah, it was yep, he yeeted. He yeeted right off of the uh, overpass, but he he didn't hit on the roadway, right? He hit so on this 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 interstate there's there's two lanes on one side, two lanes on the other side, and there's a there's a uh, like culvert in between them and so on the edge of the roadway there's an angle right that goes down to the to the drainage and all that and uh so he hit that angle at whatever whatever angle he needed to hit it to not die and so he jumped off the overpass hit 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 the the roadway at this at this angle the side of the road at this angle and i don't know how long he laid there like all jacked up because he was jacked up but he his iphone uh survived the jump and he ended up calling 911 for help after he yeeted himself uh and just basically mumbling into the phone coherently enough to where they were able to dispatch us to him uh to you know, we ended up life flighting him and, and all that, but I don't, I don't even know if he lived or not, but it was, it was just crazy because I'm pretty sure he, he did that hours before he was able to make the call. 
because uh, you couldn't see him. He was off this like embankment off to the side and he was parked up on this overpass where there was virtually no traffic. And uh, that always kind of stuck with me. Like, I, I don't know. It, I just thought it was crazy because it, it was a good, I don't know, uh, 80 foot drop probably. Ooh. Probably like seven or eight stories would be my guess. Damn. Greatest show and, on uh, earth, kids. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was uh it was crazy that was years ago but i hadn't thought about it much till till just now but yeah yeah all right so this should this could be telling for uh those that want to get in this career despite my uh my advice would you want your kid to be a cop mr caesar salad yes and no that's a stupid answer i know but I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't. And it's just because I wouldn't want him to go through all the all the all the difficulties involved in it. But I would also like to think that he would be up to the challenge to do it. You know, like I don't. It's that's 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 a really difficult question to answer because I think about that because I'm pretty sure it's what my kid wants to do, and. Like I would be, I would be very, very proud if he did. But I would also there would there would be some like sadness there because I know what he's gonna have to go through to do it, and and to be successful in it. And so, I don't know. It's not a straightforward answer on that one. I'm sorry. No, I I think that's a good answer, Augustus. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? So I've got a son on the way myself. Um, and I think it'd be super badass if he was a cop. It's on the grounds of, uh, you know, breaking our generational chain. Like I'm, uh, my whole family's perps, you know, and I felt kind of proud of myself being able to break that. Um, and it'd be really cool if my son carries on that tradition in the way of, you know, joining the military or being a cop or, I mean, he could be a teacher for all I care, you know, just be productive in your society. Um, but if he decided, you know, I want to be a cop like my dad. And uh, and my mom, then yeah, absolutely. So I like that. All right, so this is um, what the fuck is going on upstairs? Um, banging and shit. Well, it just kind of relates to this question. Piss off, ghost. Well, that's where we're going here. Let's say you had an applicant that told you, "Hey, I uh." I've had a paranormal or an extraterrestrial experience. Would that be a turnoff, Augustus? I mean, if they genuinely, it, it depends. I mean, if uh, it, it genuinely depends because I, I like the whole idea of creeping myself out, thinking that stuff's out there really. But, you know, I've been, I've been out in the woods a lot growing up, you know, even as an adult. I've gone hiking in the Appalachian Trail. And the reality of it is I'm not afraid of some kind of paranormal stuff out there, but it's really cool to get myself creeped out because it's, uh, it's always fun to, you know, have this, you know, subtle fear of the unknown, so to speak. But if they came up to me and genuinely believe that, you know, Hey, I encountered like the Wendigo or something like that. I'd probably look at them a little bit sideways, but I'd want to hear them out. <laughs> okay. Okay. What about you, Mr. Senior? Caesar salad. You almost forgot my name right then, didn't you? 
Uh, I'm trying to come up with cheeky and fun ways to call you a Caesar salad. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, so, uh, if, <laughs> if I, if I'm talking to somebody about being a cop and they bust out with some, you know, aliens probe my butt or uh, <laughs> whatever stuff. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would say it's probably going to be a turnoff. I mean, I guess there's some like unimaginable sequence of events that could lead to me being like, well, that might be legitimate, but I can't imagine what that might be. Uh, I mean, for sure, I would get them to tell me the entire story just so I, you know, the next time I'm on a podcast, I have a story to tell, but, uh, I, I would, you know, I, for somebody to bring that up to a prospective employer, especially for a, you know, serious job in, in, in law enforcement, I would have to say that they've probably got some some underlying psychological issues going on, maybe. Yeah, they're fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, so that might be a turnoff. But I, I would still I would still encourage them to, to apply because they're gonna get a psych exam anyway. So, you know. <laughs> I I I've had a guy on the podcast and I've in fact met him and he's like a ghost hunter. And he seems like perfectly normal dude he just he has this thing he does so i i think to each their own kind of thing but uh, uh it depends right like we've been on that call too where like they're like yeah I, you know obama put the fucking uh thing in my head in the chip and i have a direct line to the white house and you're like oh okay. thanks obama. come on <laughs> come on obama mm-hmm. all right so let me ask this no wait 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 okay. so has he ever caught a ghost yeah, he's got one of his yeah. house, man. It's 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 in his cage, man. He's got it. Well, he's he a ghost hunter, and you know. Well, okay. Well, he doesn't. I I use the term I use the term <laughs> ghost hunter, which is not the appropriate term. A paranormal investigator, uh, but he's uh-huh. he's got videos and shit of weird shit. So I don't know. Um, okay. Wait, I I've done uh-huh. a whole podcast. Uh, I don't know, probably about six months ago now. That had some pretty interesting stuff that people talked about. So. I don't know. It's uh, that's I I do this part of the podcast is kind of like an homage to like if you've worked late nights, you fucking listen to coast to coast. Oh, absolutely. So, oh, yeah. 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 Um, Let me ask this. uh, Presidente sees your salad. Does your agency have Crown Vicks? We we do. Uh, We still have a few Crown Vicks in service. Okay. What about you, uh, Augustus? So we have Crown Vicks. They're not in service. We're using them as pit cars now. Um, but there's a couple sitting in the fleet lot that are able to be driven. I'm just trying to convince the chief to restore a couple. Okay. So, Let me, I'll so ask our Crown you Vicks, each... No, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't Vicks, mean to cut you off, bud. Oh, you're fine. Our Crown Vicks are mainly used for, like, transport. So we don't... I mean, they're not... Nobody's, like, running code in them or anything like that. Why the fuck not? But, that's well, America's because police they, car. It, it is, and that's what I started out in. But uh, I mean, they they would feel like you're re-entering the atmosphere in a space shuttle um, if you drive them over, you know, fifty miles an hour. There, I mean, that's they're fine. they're they're you know, two hundred fifty thousand miles on them. So, 
it probably wouldn't be the safest thing to do. Uh, Caesar salad. What is the best patrol car of all time? Mm, honestly, I mean, just so I've had, I've had Crown Vic, I've had Charger, I've had Explorer, and now I've got a, a Durango. Um, my personal preference out of all of those, just all around performance would be the Explorer, most likely. Fake news. I love the Crown Vic. I love the Crown Vic. The problem with the Crown Vic is any kind of inclement weather whatsoever, and the ass end wants to go everywhere. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. That's my issue with it. Yeah, well, sorry. Augustus, what is the best patrol car of all time? So besides the Crown Vic. Right. Besides There's the- no besides <laughs> the Crown Vic. <laughs> well, we're in modern times, man. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, people would say the best battle tank ever was the fucking Sherman tank, but that's because the M1 Abrams hasn't really had to come up against near peer adversaries, right? So thinking in modern times outside of the Crown Vic, I'd probably have to say the Ford Explorer. Twin turbo, you know, all-wheel drive. But... You know, go to soccer. You guys would just go to soccer practice and calls or what? <laughs> well, just based on room, uh, you know, being able to go over curbs easy, you know, handle rough terrain, uh, pull out on people. I mean, the I will say the yep. newer explorers with the electronic gas pedals, there's a, there's a lag time, makes you think you're going to get killed. But um, you know, the the older model explorers, they're they're really really good. Um, and again, this is all besides the Crown Vic, because for its day, the Crown Vic was absolutely amazing, but. Here in 2023, you know, it depends on your function. I think all around the Explorer. If you're a Jesus you know, pavement cop, if you're a pavement cop, you know, that V8 Dodge Charger is probably best for highway and, you know, city. Uh, but as far as room and just all around, you know, utility, it's going to be the Explorer 100%. So. Jesus. So I, I will <laughs> add a ca- caveat that my agency did not have the fucking twin turbos. They had. The V6 fucking piece of shit soccer mom fucking wagons that couldn't fucking chase anybody. Low fucking clearance. You'd fucking bottom out over curbs and shit. I fucking hate explorers with a passion. Passionate, <laughs> passionate hate. Yes, All right. Won. We should move on. <laughs> Let's say so. I'm coming in for an interview. Dictator Caesar salad. I'm coming in. Dr. Caesar salad, as it were. I'm coming in mm-hmm. for an interview, it's and it's in the background, it, say what? It's President Doctor to you. President Doctor Caesar Salad. Oh, you called me President last time. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you are. Uh, you find out in my background that I've shit my pants as an adult. Does that make me an unqualified applicant? <laughs> A hundred percent. No, uh, I, I have shit my pants as an adult. So, you know, I can't really, it wouldn't be right of me to hold that against you. If you've done the same thing. I mean, it, it, it happens, you know, shit happens. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. So, all right. So you're on the same page there, Senor Augustus. That Absolutely. You... I mean, if, okay. if you haven't, live life enough to either you're so drunk you shit yourself or you've had to hold that shit for so long you shit yourself or you know if you just haven't lived life you know those are the only people who (laughs) haven't shit themselves and they shouldn't be cops so 
<laughs> well, I, I feel like there's a big part of honesty. You know, we talked about that a lot in the podcast. You got to be honest and, you know, be a man and or a woman or whatever the Apache attack helicopter you are. And you have to own, you know, own things. And there's two types of people in this world. There's people that have shit their pants and there's liars. You don't want to be in that liars <laughs> category. Yeah, no, 100%. Fucking liars. I agree with that. All right. So, uh, Senor Presidente, Dr. Cesar Salad, you set yourself up here. You've shit your pants. Do you have a good story for the millions of listeners? Oh, no, it's nothing. It's, 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 uh, the, the, the time that I can think of doing it, I was, I had a stomach bug. I mean, it's nothing exciting, but you know, you got, you got minimum staff that you got to cover and you go into work anyway. And, uh, you know, halfway through your shift, you're having to go by your your station or your residence to uh to change change uniforms because you've shit yourself. So, yeah, nothing exciting. I mean, nah. What about you, Augustus? You got a good shit in your pants story? Well, um, I've I've woken up after a night of drinking, like really really heavy drinking, and discovered that I've sold my underwear. But beyond that, I've I've ran code to avoid shitting myself. I, I can admit to that. So, <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, I I pride myself on being an alcoholic. I've never uh, shit my pants being so drunk. When maybe I need to step my game up a little bit. Ah, uh, you know, I was I was like eighteen, nineteen, you know, something like that. So, okay, good time. okay. You know, all right. I I I before I got one last question, but. I, I kind of neglected this earlier. How how are departments looking at alcohol abuse? I joked on the last podcast that like if I go to apply again and they ask if I'm an alcoholic, I'm gonna be like shaking as I fill out no on the application. I know that was a big deal when I was younger and applying to jobs like if I consumed alcohol prior to twenty one. Is that a big deal still? We'll start with you, Augustus. Like if, if you know, you got a 21-year-old coming in and they say, yeah, I, I drank when I was 19, 20. Is that a deal breaker? Honestly, if somebody tells me they didn't, either they're fucking coming from, you know, I don't know, Little House in the Prairie or something like that, um, or they're a liar. So Is that an Iowa joke? <laughs> you know, Leave my people alone, hey, my man. adopted people. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to get the corn, man. You know, you guys do corn out there. I was in Iowa three or four weeks ago. Oh yeah, where? Um, where in I Iowa? Thought, right? I thought corn was Nebraska. Hey, no, Iowa's full of corn too. Oh, no. okay. Here's the thing: Nebraska's called the Corn Huskers, but their corn is not as good as Iowa corn. <laughs> I don't know. I've had some French fries from an Iowa McDonald's, so you know. What, but no, what I was, were you doing in Iowa? I want to know. I'm curious. So I now. actually do. Uh, I actually do like reenactments and stuff, right? So. There was a World War II reenactment going on up in like somewhere in southeast Iowa that we drove up from St. Lou. Um, some buddies of mine. So pretty much just a camping trip in the woods with a lot of uh, World War II era machine guns and rifles and stuff. So you know when you went into the tank thing, I'm like, this guy watches a lot of History Channel. <laughs> but now it's explained I itself. It be, I thought he was going to be up there for a Comic Con or something based on you know his earlier answers. Nerd. I'm just still just an all around nerd, man. You know, I mean, yeah, interesting. that's cool, put, man. Me too. But time cool. into it, but yeah, no. So you know, our candidates who are admitting to underage drinking, I mean, it's 
everybody's done it and it just shows that they're being honest you know um if you haven't done it then that means you didn't really get to go out much which i mean is okay too as well but yeah i mean there's no big deal with that but as far as like adult alcohol consumption um i think the general consensus among applicants it seems is anytime i get a psych report it's always the oh you know i drink once or twice a month and then those same guys you know you'll turn around and go get shit hammered with them once a week, you know? So <laughs> I don't you know, think it's I much really of an issue anymore. Yeah. I, I remember like I went into the doctor for like something unrelated and they're like, how often do you drink alcohol? And I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? It has nothing to do with why I'm here. And then they gave me the pamphlet and I'm like, fuck you. Okay. I don't have a problem. You're the problem. That's okay for another day uh what about your agency czar presidente astronaut caesar salad navy seal <laughs> caesar uh, salad. I, we don't even ask that question so <laughs> it's i guess unimportant because we don't care well on so, that note i mean easy boys, answer there. Right. yeah i i appreciate all your time uh, the thing I ask everybody, the very last question, and I like two guys at once, so you guys both can answer <laughs> individually. But it is so it's Pride Month, I think it's it'll be June when this podcast comes out, so it's totally fine to have two guys at once. <laughs> and I think it's encouraged. We'll be drinking Bud Light together. Um, but is there any imparting words of wisdom that you'd like to uh, give to the millions of listeners? We'll start with you, astronaut, president, Navy SEAL, killer of Bin Laden. Uh, that's probably too far. Caesar salad. What words? Yeah, of wisdom no, I would definitely you have didn't open water. What words of wisdom would you have well, for the uh, listeners out there? It, it's tempting to say something funny, but uh, in 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 all seriousness, uh, I assume most of your listeners are are, are cops. Uh, take care of yourselves. And watch your back, uh, not just when you're at work, but 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 watch your back on a on a personal level uh, and and your and your mental health. Um, you know, we 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 lose too many people, and it's 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 not always bad stuff that happens on the job while you're on the job, but bad stuff that happens on the job can get you after the fact while you're off the job. And just take care of yourselves, because you know, uh, you you've got you got dumbasses that have no idea what you do and don't appreciate you, but the majority of people, 100% do, and I do, and I want to I, I want to see I want to see cops live to to retirement and to be happy with their families and to be proud of the job that they did, and. Uh, yeah, that's it. Just uh, just take care of yourself. Well said. Augustus, any words of wisdom for the millions of listeners out there? Yes. If you have a structured settlement and you need cash now, uh, <laughs> call JG Wimberg, 877-CASH-NOW. No, but in, in real reality, um, if you're an officer and you're working at a department that makes you unhappy, makes you not enjoy being a police officer, uh, just remember that change starts with you, right? Um, it might be scary. It might be challenging it might take time and money but your mental health wellness like uh, caesar here was talking about 
is paramount because at the end of the day, you're the one who's showing up at these calls. So affect change in your life that'll help you out. And remember that there's a billion other police agencies out there. There's different states, there's different counties, different cities. You know, if you feel the need to make change, go ahead and do it. And remember, you know, you're needed now more than ever by your community. Uh, so be a police officer, you know, make the change to where you can do your job. That's all I got. Well said also, and I will be calling JD Wentworth because I do have something I need to work <laughs> on. Thanks again, guys, for uh, tuning into another poorly made police podcast. You guys know what to do. Take care of the fine sponsors. Take care of yourselves. Buy yourself some nice uh, coins, patches, T-shirts, all the fun stuff. And as always, thank you guys for making this podcast possible. Because if you didn't listen, I'd just be talking to myself and my wife. Thinks that's fucking weird. With that said, remember, we're going to be positive here, which is which is a rarity here, but. If you're not going to do it, who will? And I love most of you. Bye-bye.